Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes. completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started shaharam is the chief digital officer at nemco and a member of the global leadership team in addition he is also a business mentor and an author of a book In the interview he spoke about growing up in Iran and the importance of a multicultural approach when it comes to leadership today. We spoke about the role of chance and serendipity in our journeys and the new skills required when any individual contributor grows to be a manager and the importance of balance in life in everything that we do. Hi Sharam, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hi Sumi, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you here with us today and to begin with for our listeners can you share a little bit about who you are and what do you do Yes sure my name is Charan Waralan I live and work in Netherlands I have been working for about 20 years in the testing infection and certification industry and next to that I'm a bit mentor helping entrepreneurs with establishments and managing their businesses Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share a little bit of your backstory, right? Where did you how did you get where you are today? Yeah, sure. I found basic studied engineering and management along the way, but my early days was primarily in automotive industry as well as a manager. After a while, I have a job for a company I was working for about like years, which was up until the end of July this year. and still I'm continuing in another company but in the same industry in the tech industry and that has been majority of my professional background wonderful what are what have been some of those key incidents events or people who have shaped your journey and especially your views about leadership about i would say that's something that i reflect from time to time about it because i maybe i have been fortunate but i have come and quite good people along the way from the teachers at school or university to some of the colleagues and also managers that I have been working with and uh, I can basically trace my career education and career and put name next to the milestones that have been there 
And I think that interaction and contribution they have had has been an important part of shaping the shaping who I am today professionally. Yeah, yeah. Can you share one or two of these milestones? All right. These could also be crucible events, not necessarily successful events, but something which you faced as a challenge and that helped you grow. So I really want to invite the full bandwidth of your experiences. Yeah, I think them had its own importance, then I'm not really prioritizing, but just to mention some various examples, I was at the end of year two of my bachelor's studies, which it was unexpected that I start working in a form, but one of my cousins invited me just to the Monday per week that I had available to join and experience a bit of work. And that was really maybe around the day per week that I was, I joined the industry already at the end of year two of the bachelor's studies. Then I had another two years. And I think what did really open my eyes to the work environment, which I believe has been quite important in shaping my career. Interesting enough, that work also was more business systems and business processes to me than what I was studying very much mechanical engineering. And that comes to up until today after 25, 26 years, still that has been quite interesting to my choices along the way. Then I could make share a second one, which was one of my professors at the university when I was studying masters. And this is quite an incident because I was just, I never remember, forget that I was just walking down the there's our faculty and the professor was going the other way up to its mm-hmm. knee. And it was asking me if I'm working. I won't work in exactly the place that I explained. And also another company, because at a certain point, I started to work in two different locations part-time while studying. And it was asking me, do you want to start working somewhere? So now I'm working in two places. That's not you should come and see. This is a great place. It was the start. Thing complete, which was a couple of years old, about testing vehicle automotive actually called Bonin's and Words. Interesting enough, that also shaped the industry I work for now for 20 years because that was not in the industry, but in automotive, but it was part of it introduced me to the world of testing, inspection, and certification. And the third one of different nature was that I came to know one of my managers who was my manager, I did for three to Four years when I was living back in my hometown in Tehran and also later in Dubai. And at that point, I had the opportunity to work with him for a short while, also the same office. And I think he had also quite uh, an important influence on my career and money as well. I think that list goes on and on. If there is a company that I left after nine years, I think the CEO that I was reporting to has been another main person to mention. And I don't know if it's the chance or what is the reason, but I have not been coming across anybody who has not been having in my career, actually. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. And I think all of all the people that we meet and all circumstances can help us learn if we are open to that. And I think what you're sharing is an example of that. But I want to I want to pick a little bit on the first two instances which you mentioned, right? Both of those instances was something which you did not plan for and which kind of happened spontaneously. And as you said, right, that led you in very meaningful way to where you are today, right? So how does how does that play a role now? Like the preparation and the planning versus what is spontaneous. How have you carried that forward, that mix between planning being like very predictable business focus and then also being open for surprises, for challenges, which... Uh, as you see, if we are living in a very uncertain world, so how do you balance the two? And is there a connection going back to the two stories which you have shared? Yeah, a very good question, actually. 
If I reflect now on my first basically part-time job that I was managing during study, I think the fact that I had that opportunity early in my studies made also shape how I want to pursue my professional life. And being exposed to possibilities which is around you without necessarily or staying open, I would say. It's not like you should not plan your personal and professional life, but you need to also stay open and take the chances and evaluate them properly. That's, I think, one of the important elements from that first experience, which has impacted me moving to business processes, later to quality management, later to business systems. And that's really the core of what I have been doing for the recent years and my current role, the new organization I joined. And if I take the second one, I think before starting with the previous company I was working, I never worked in any company more than two years. And back those days, if you were being interviewed by, actually it was being done because the CEO of the company I worked for two years was laughing in your interview that how come you have been moving around, how you not move from here many less than two years. And what I was explaining is that I go, there are opportunities coming, I go around, but if the situation and the conditions and the value and what you capture personally and professionally is satisfactory, is satisfying, then you stay longer. And to, interesting enough, the company after that was the one that I stayed for 19 years in. Then it was not like always needed to move around. And I think those, the balance of between taking the opportunities as they unfold, but also planning your career properly is quite important in shaping a successful career. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that balance, I think that word which you used is so important, right? Because just like in biking, it's it's not either one way or the other. It's about the balance. And as a leader, how has that played a role in your leadership, especially when now you lead other people, you lead teams, people report to you. How does that staying open and balance plays a role? Because I know leaders who can be too rigid or I know leaders who can be too flexible that they find it difficult to enforce boundaries. So how does that play a role in your leadership and in your day-to-day, like the stuff that, that you have to deal with from a leadership point of view? I think this is also something that I replaced on sometimes and, and I share with my peers or team members because I believe early in your career having all experiences, although in the old days would have been seen as somebody not being necessarily committed or not being able to make a choice. I think I'm very happy that I could do, have those changes and experience different roles, different industries. Because that has widened my view about the different industries. If you get to a certain industry and grow there, perhaps you become an expert, a lot of deep expertise in that domain. But I think those changes are quite important in order to create a wider view and a better prospect of what are the possibilities, both in terms of the role you assume, but also industries that you experience. And they have an impact on your leadership because when later you are getting more and more responsibility. And that happened for me. I mean, from managing one uh, with the salesperson who was reporting in one of my early management job, a team of 50, the quality management role I had. I wanted moments that I had the responsibility for a very large geographic area with about more than 350 employees who were reporting to managers I was managing. Experiencing these variations, experiencing different roles and industries gives you a view to be able to perceive people's situations, their professional life, 
their aspiration, their challenge to easier. I think as a leader, need to simulate your situation where people are in. You mm-hmm. will never be 100% correct. Maybe you are only 60% correct. But being able to assume how people or perceive how people are seeing their own situation and what are their opportunities, challenges, is quite important to be an authentic leader. Thank you. And I think there are two elements. One is you said that you can't always be in control, that you can't get everything right. So being open to that actually takes away the load or takes away the burden because leadership can be can become very heavy or can feel like a burden. But the second thing which you mentioned, the different experiences. And I think one additional factor maybe which is also relevant here is that you have worked in Iran and then there is a huge difference in the cultures. And the same is for me, right? I am in Europe now, but I was I was working for a long time in India. And that gives me a perspective or a, or an understanding that allows me to deal better with people when I see they are struggling with something. Would you like to add anything on your the culture where you grew up and then the culture that you are in currently? Yeah, sure. Culture is like the operating system of our brain, right? You can think people are 99% of our genes or even more, I think. I'm, I'm not accurate here, but more than 99% of our genes are similar. And if you look at that, you may think people are the same. On the other hand, the operating system, which is loaded in our body, which is our culture and the way we grow up and what we think in life, shape most of who we become as a person, as a professional, but also as a leader. And these variations in cultures play quite an important role. For example, on the each part of the world, maybe if I use the word, the cultures are more sophisticated and maybe they are more top in some senses, whereas the best parts of the world, the cultures are usually not always, but usually more direct, less sophisticated. And that can be called of both uh, opportunities, but also challenges, even failures for me. And it is made from one side, it's always encouraged to stay true to your reality, what you are. But I think it, as a leader, if you want to be successful, make the exact opposite is the real advice, because you a bit dispassel yourself from the culture you belong to and analyze the situation with the different views you have. You can always bring the good things from your own culture, which exists in any culture. You take their own things that you can bring along, but you need to a bit take that to the side, look at it objectively and use it as a meaningful and helping in your decision processes. Thank you. I think that's wonderful because that's also connects to staying open because so often we can make people wrong or see something as a problem. Rather than seeing, as you said, you can take a step back from the culture and you can see it as a problem and as an opportunity both ways, unless you get stuck in one of them. And then staying open again, what you shared earlier is the cornerstone of that, unless you can be open to seeing a person coming from a culture rather than the person being that way and putting a label or putting a box around a person, it can create, suddenly it can create new opportunities or new conversations which were not possible before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think what also, maybe I will add this that extreme opinions have a big chance of being wrong. You always hear about the fact that you need to appreciate all cultures to understand their differences. You need to be able to live with the create of different cultures and the behavior of people. I do not necessarily agree to all of this because. There are certain cultures which uh, have, compared to average or modern cultures, certain problems. 
and certainly positive thing. And understanding those, being it in your own culture or the culture that you are dealing in or what you are experiencing is quite important. And the nat- especially in international environments, having the national approach to an international leadership, I don't think it's the right thing to do because you would either get people basically to the level of losing their motivation or being annoyed from not understanding why I'm here, or from the other side, you may not get the performance that you expect from your book on business and unit because you are applying perhaps a software approach compared to what people are used to in that culture. Yes, I think what you're pointing is right. It's not about East versus the West or one is better than the other. But as a leader, especially when you are working with international teams located in international locations, but also people with very diverse opinions, it's very important to be flexible as to not enforce your point of view. Uh, but at the same time, like in a dance, you, you don't, even if you take a wrong step, you just move on with the dance, right? You don't step on somebody else. Totally. Yes. Yeah. But another thing which you mentioned, and if I look back at the past and if I look back at the, now, I, if I look ahead into the future, what are some of those dots which you can see is connecting, which gives you meaning in what you're doing and where is that leading you in the future? I think the way I reflect on myself is that my professional life, I can maybe split it into few major parts and that is not that necessarily I have been planning it 100%, but it has been that partly planning, partly the realities around me has been creating some maybe turning point or milestones of changing and moving from one kind of contribution to the organization I'm part of and the, the, even the scope of what I have been doing uh, and moving on to the next one and evolving to new role. So if you compare after years, the first one we know what I'm doing uh, today, has been quite different. And I think that is one of the major things that I reflect on uh, and uh, thinking about how that would evolve and how I want that to evolve for the next 10 years or 20 years. And in between, I think there is a lot of hard work because what you do on your job is politics, but also what you learn in addition is another part, which I think in between milestones, your continuous learning both with what you do, but also with what you intentionally choose to learn which shapes our career. And if I mention maybe a couple of examples, uh, I have been early in my life being an engineer. As I studied for a while, it didn't take very long before I became a quality manager working on quality processes. And since then, I have not been touching my engineering education to design, for example, a product or something. And that has been a re-office the main turning point. And later on, getting my first management position was related to quality. But then that role enabled me to experience management at an early time in my career. And so the quality part was away. And then I was left with the management. And uh, when I joined the previous company I was working for, I joined as a sales and marketing manager because I knew that to make it was mostly to experience the being customer facing and coming out of quality, which is more internal rule. And maybe that made me to be having a CS both from inside organization, but also with customer facing, which together learning finance more resulted in getting into a role, which was managing a business in five countries. And from there onwards, business processes, technology, IP, and, and before I know, I became a technical director in the global technical director in the company, which 
you could call it with the start point of being a mechanical engineering has perhaps not much to do. And I think I go back to where we started. I think being open to opportunities, but also a little than your direction, what you want to achieve in the team. And going forward, I think I'm at this moment helping the company I'm working for with the digitalization efforts that we are having. And, and it is in the domain that I have 20 years of experience. I think going forward, I see my career to be a combination of digital business strategy, transforming organizations. Wonderful. I think there's another key insight there for anybody who is listening is that no matter whatever functional area that you learn when you're young, especially when you move into management or leadership, slowly it becomes imperative for you to learn something new, which is people are very different from the way we learn engineering. We break down systems, we apply mathematical models, analysis, and it's very it's a very different jump from being very good at what you're doing and trying to see it on all in your mind space, but then suddenly dealing with people who are unpredictable, who cannot be like you can have the same conversation with the systems and have the same result, but with people, you can do the same thing and expect very different results. Yeah. So what is it? And especially as you're moving to a job after 19 years, what is it that you find most challenging right now? I think every role and every organization has own specific situation and circumstances that it is in. If I look into the last 20 years of what has happened in majority of organizations, most corporate organizations are moving from more functional role and the traditional structures to collaborative model. When you read these things in the business books or article, it sounds quite modern and also confusing at the same time. But I think what I experience now is really the reality of what is going on because creating, transforming businesses, creating digital version of those businesses cannot happen by a function in a corner of organization. Because if you talk about an existing business, it has perhaps years and or decades of history and transforming those businesses that the process that they are using in order to operate need collaboration from various people across the organization. And as we all know, people have different motives, different ways of working, different preferences, different levels of knowledge and personality as well. How you orchestrate this in order to achieve what you want and what the organization wants to achieve. I think that is in itself both a challenge, but also the way to work. I'm not calling the opportunity to sound super positive about it, but it is really the way to work. Leaders, I think, need to learn how to work in this new environment where you are dependent on much more people than people belonging to your own function. Yes, absolutely. I think this is an important change and I'm at the forefront of that with working with some companies. Um, again, I think you, I think what I'm listening from you is you're being very open and receptive to these ideas and not seeing something as weird or this will never work for my company. Because if you if I use the same metaphor of an operating system, I think the world we live in has changed massively in the last 20 years. Like the cross-border trade and travel is so common that we cannot survive without bumping into people from different cultures, different nationalities. And also with the internet and with the tools that we have, the communication and the possibilities for information flow is so much more that the top-down approach is suddenly not working, right? And people also want more. People don't want just their salary. They want meaning. They want to contribute to something larger. And then 
that requires a very different kind of organization, more flexible, more agile. But at the same time, how do you retain that direction? How do you retain that and balance again, once again, using that word between planning, between structure, and then being flexible and open to change, and which also includes uncertainty. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So you earlier you earlier used a phrase professional life. Can you glimpse can you give us a glimpse into the other part of your life? What is there something which most people do not know about you? And can you share that? I feel like so there are been perhaps no involved, but I live together with my wife and we have experience living in three different let's say cities in the world, Tehran, Lockdown in Dubai and here though to the day in the Netherlands. I think that international experience has been impacting also both lives of both of us. I have a passion for learning about different people and different cultures. I like travel. And once in a while, earlier, also more frequently, I picked just the language to learn a bit. At a certain point, I was speaking seven to eight languages. And that is something that people uh, there are people who speak much more languages. I have seen the people that speak 15 or 20 languages, but uh, I think that's something for people who are perhaps speaking one or two languages, sometimes it's surprising or interesting, at least. Yes, that is certainly an interesting like a tidbit of information. Seven or eight, I think. And that You must be among the handful of people I can count on my fingers who, who know at least that many, more than five. I, I think I stay quite humble about it because, of course, it is a skill. It helps the all in various situations. But I've been having a colleague who spoke, if you count all the language, different levels of skill, he was speaking, if I'm not wrong, 22, 23 languages. Then compared to that, <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah and then, is there something which you have learned from that process of learning because it's not just about the language it's also about the culture when you learn a new language you learn new phrases you learn proverbs you you learn practices which happen in one culture and if you look at it from an outside culture sometimes they might look strange or weird so learning different languages and continuously immersing yourself in those different mental models or points of view. How does that play a role in your work, in your leadership? I think it's a big, good question. As you may have heard, they say new language is a new personality. And, and I believe in that because as you rightly mentioned, there are phrases in a language that do not exist simply in another. Not that there is a replace phrase for it, which can read the same meaning. Sometimes it doesn't at all ex exist because uh, if the experience of people in a geography is different, certain type of maybe words or expressions may not even necessary. And that's impact, that impacts their language and the way that they think and, and the entire culture. I think language and culture are really close. And I believe in the leadership, this is quite important. The languages were maybe monster in their speech that they are being used and pronounced by people also perhaps impacts people of that culture to be more straightforward, to be fostering, including not wanting to have too many words to express their opinion and view why in some other languages maybe it takes a bit of time for people to prepare to say what they want to say. And as a leader, you need to understand that and uh, be flexible and allow people to basically express themselves properly. I was watching a TED talk a couple of months ago, and it was quite interesting. A researcher who was uh, explaining 
for example, how the, some of the languages in, in the parts of Asia are heavily the type of the words that they use for the directions. And those impact ability of these people in order to identify in different geographical directions, those having any kind of eye. If you put them in a point in the middle of the forest, they are quite alert in understanding where it's not now. Whereas in a culture which is not having those kind of languages and experiences in it, that impacts. I, I think those are important examples to show that our brains, because of our culture and because of our languages, works in different ways. And I think as a leader, that's quite an important element to consider. Yes, yes. I have done myself a lot of research on language and how that shapes our perception and then our conversation. And though I only know four languages, what you're mentioning is I have also read that research maybe that like in China, in Mandarin, where you like do top to down and then there are languages where you write left to right and right to left. Even the sense of direction, even the way people see past and future differs. Even what we think is the is a model of the world that we see is not necessarily the reality, but a function of the language that we speak or the culture that we grew up in. And how much of what we see is because of who we are rather than the objective reality out there. And once once people see that, I think that's very powerful because then that gives them uh, the license to really be flexible and to say that, okay, this is not the reality. This is what I am seeing. And now what do I want to create? What do I want to, how do I want to shape it? Otherwise, if you are pinpointed or pigeonholed in one point of view, you just see a very narrow way and then you are limited in your options, in your decisions, in your choices. Yeah. So I think this is a very interesting segue that we're doing here, but this is very relevant to leadership as well for anybody who is listening. Yeah, sure. That is true. I think the world is not going any way in a, I would say, in a good direction. At this moment, if you see a look at all the tension around us, I think this is maybe not what people assume 20, 30 years ago, the direction that the world was going towards with globalization, bringing cultures closer and so on. But I think one positive thing though is that the corporate world, to the extent possible, away from this. I think uh, the globe, uh, globalization is what it, uh, it's cost and envisioned and for some people it was really a mission to achieve that. In international companies have been realized that you see multiple nationalities are working, even in a single team, let alone in company, a large companies, people from 100, 150 nationalities working it. And I think that is the positive side of the business world, the corporate world, and of course, the leadership of that, which is focused on really closer. Whereas in the world, we see that the distances are becoming more instead of becoming less. Yes, I think going forward, leadership is going to be a, a not just a job, but more than that. I think it it is a privilege. It is an honor because you have that opportunity. No matter what you're doing, no matter what results you're delivering for your company, you have that opportunity to bring people together and that and if you are attracted to that's very meaningful for those people yeah. so what i'm listening from you is right like very clear understanding of the business but at the same time the ability to step back and like you said you enjoy travel you learn languages so what do you do that creates that space for rest or reflection in your life because on the other hand i met a lot of people a lot of leaders who say that I am too busy, I have no time for anything. So how do you create space for traveling, learning languages and everything else that you do? 
Yeah. The life is all about balancing, right? Uh, none of us are perfect. And uh, I think uh, I'm uh, one that uh, never claimed that. I think it's a matter of priority. You find things in life when there are certain people who may spend uh, their uh, times in order to help society, or they may be uh, doing a lot of time spending their time on professional sports next to their own main profession. What I enjoy doing studying the world, studying the business world, studying technologies and sharing that fact with, uh, with my organization, but also with other people. Uh, and uh, I think that is in a way for me, a way to reflect and create ingredients for the spouse, which can help you in your main profession, but are in other domains that you have continuation or presence. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. And what advice would you give to a leader? who is uh, too busy or too overwhelmed by managing their teams or managing the uncertainty in the business given COVID, hybrid work, like everything is changing or everything has changed in the last couple of years. For somebody who is finding it difficult, finding it very overwhelming to deal with all of these pressures, all of these uh, expectations, responsibilities, what advice would you give to somebody like that? I think it is difficult if somebody is in a situation with a lot of pressure and uh, competing priorities in, at work itself or in private life to give an advice. If there is one thing though that I can share it, try to a bit not step outside because I think that's naive when somebody says step outside and take a look. If it was easy, people would have done it, right? I think it's important to step on, uh, on the side and not outside and a little bit reflect perhaps once a day, if not possible, once a week. And uh, try to learn a little bit more controversial views about how things work. I, the last book I read, something quite new in the market, I believe it called Anti-Time Management. Hmm. Uh, you can Google that, you will find it on Amazon. But quite interesting. I can agree to majority of what is written in that book. And one of the things that I learned was about the fact that Certain practices and certain things that we value might fit for a particular situation or may have been built in a particular point in time where humanity needed a certain, but if you do not look at it critically and analyze it, you may continue to be in that situation. I think stepping to the side and listening to some maybe controversial views about how things should be the way to challenge the situation. If you don't do it, you would stay in the perimeter of people who are perhaps in similar situations with similar challenges, and they are not the ones who can help you to get out of that situation. That's so that's wonderful. And I'm going to use it with some of my coaches because I do see that a lot. And stepping out sometimes can feel unempathetic because if somebody is overwhelmed, as you said, they would have done it if they had that opportunity. But sidestepping or like just taking a few moments of pause between meetings or taking five minutes to just reflect or think about a controversial or a opinion which is not your own, right? Which you don't agree with. So creating those micro spaces in your calendar during the day allows you to sidestep it and then be still be occupied with everything rather than taking go, go take a retreat or go take a vacation to think about it. Because as you said, right, that can actually sound insensitive or unempathetic to somebody who is really going through that. And I've going through I've gone through that phase of overwhelm. So I can relate to as you were sharing that how considerate 
your what where you started the advice was because it can almost feel judgmental when you are in that state of overwhelm and somebody is telling you what to do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap up, if somebody wants to reach out to you, I know many people will have questions or will find value from what we have spoken today. What is the best way to reach out to you? And I know you are also a mentor. So can you share something more about where can people find you? How can you offer help? And then I will make sure to include it in the show notes. Yep, sure. I think the best place my profile, Shaharun Maralani, search that you will find it. Also, shahramaralani.com is my personal website. Thank you. Thank you, Sharam, for your thoughts and sharing that. I will make sure to add them in the show notes. And I wish you all the best of success with the new job and with everything that you're going to like to do for the next next 19, next 20 years of your life. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate for having me. Wonderful. Thank you. Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays, and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started.